0: Hi, I'm Erica LaCasse, and this is the Messy Messianic Mama Podcast. Today we'll be talking about being unclean. Stick around for some hope, healing, and maybe even some laughs. Welcome once again to another Messy Messianic Mama Podcast. Today is the 7th of February, 2022, and today we're going to be talking about Being Unclean. The title is Don't Touch Me, I'm Unclean, which can really mean a lot of different things. I know you're like, man, talking about being unclean, this is not something I really want to hear about. It's not something I really want to talk about. But um, I kind of want to break it down for you so that you have a better understanding of what being unclean means and meant. So without further ado, we'll dive right in with the Torah portion of this week, which is Tetzaveh, which means you shall command. And then uh, the actual Torah portion is Exodus chapter 27, verses 20 to chapter 30, verse 10. Then you have the half Torah portion, which is Ezekiel chapter 43, verses 10 through 27. And then you have the Brit Hadashah, which is Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 to 20. And as I tell you every single time, get in the word. And if you need some guidance of where to go to first, start with the tour portion. I um, just read it today and it's, as it is every single time I read it, it's always just so amazing to me how Adonai just weaves his plan and his pattern throughout the entire word. And I get something in the mail from The Homeschooling Torah um, group, if you don't know them, if you're looking at homeschooling, I encourage you to look at them as um, someone to do your homeschooling through. They are affordable, and they have great information, and they weave the scripture throughout all of the different, um, throughout their entire curriculum. It's fantastic, but Um, My kids actually no longer are homeschooled. However, I still do love receiving the mail from them. Every single week they send me something about this upcoming Torah portion. And I'm going to read you a little bit of, of what I got. It says, this week's Torah portion is called Tetzaveh, which means you shall command. Most of the portion deals with how to set apart Aaron and his sons as holy priests to Adonai. We saw so many parallels between how the priests were to be ordained and consecrated for service and how we are to make our lives clean and set aside all our actions as holy to Adonai. Even their clothes were to be set apart. Not only did their clothes show that they were to be honored and respected, but they were also modest, covering them while they served in the tabernacle. Toward the end of the portion, we also learned about the altar of incense, This altar stands for the prayers of each one of Adonai's people rising before him as a precious fragrance. I thought it was interesting that much time was spent teaching Aaron and his sons how to be set apart and clean. In addition, they spent seven days in the tabernacle as part of the process of setting up the priesthood. Once they were prepared and clean, then the offerings of incense began on the altar. Scripture says in Psalms 28.9, If one turns away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer is an abomination. But once we begin to turn back to the Torah, cleaning up our actions and learning how to be consecrated in his service, we then start to realize that he hears our prayers and that we can offer them to him daily in full knowledge that they are precious to him and that he will answer. I just love that and I wanted to share that with you. It was very encouraging for me. Um, and then, you know, I read that actually first and then I read the Torah portion. And I was like, wow, they're really right. And, and you know how I talk about every time you open the word, you're going to get something new out of it. And the one thing that I actually kind of was reading and, and, uh, I was reading Exodus 28 verses, uh, 12. And part of it says, so Aaron is to bear their names before Adonai on his two shoulders as a reminder. So part of the outfit that he was wearing, he had to, um, have these stones on either one of his shoulders that had the engraving of The names of Benai Israel, six on one stone, on one shoulder, and six on the other. So all the tribes of Israel. So these stones that were engraved on his shoulders, and you almost think like, okay, so that's like almost a reminder that you have the responsibility and the weight of these of of representing um, all of Israel on on your shoulders. You have the weight of that on your shoulders, and um, that to me was just really cool but I do encourage you to please read the Torah portion. If you don't, that's fine, but man, read something in the Word. Um, read at least a chapter. Chapter a day. That's that's all I ask. Read a chapter a day. Um, if you could do more than that, then please do. Um, it is so important for us to be able to do that. Now, I do want to talk about being unclean. Like, What in the world does that mean? Uh, the title "Don't Touch Me, I'm Unclean" actually is kind of personal for me because I have, I guess, what you would call a skin condition. So every time, like, I read in the in the word about uh, somebody who has a rat or um a, you know something on their skin and they're not they have to leave um, the tents, they have to go out into the wilderness and be alone for a little bit and then come back. Um, that actually. <laughs> That speaks to me because, um, a lot of times I feel very much like I'm unclean, um, like I'm a leper because, um, of the blisters and things that I get sometimes on my hands and my feet. And, um, so I, that, that to me makes it so obvious, like I'm unclean as in like, I feel very unclean and it's obvious to everyone around me that I'm unclean, but what does unclean actually mean in the dictionary? I did look it up, you know, how I love to do that it means not clean, dirty. And, and to that, I would say, duh. But anyways, um, it also means morally impure, evil or vile, having a physical or moral blemish so as to make impure according to the laws, especially to the dietary or ceremonial laws. laws. This is not in like a biblical dictionary, by the way, this is just a normal dictionary. And um, then I was like, okay, to me, being unclean equates to having sin at least that was my thought process so of course i went and looked up what does sin mean sin is a transgression of divine law the example they gave is like the sin of adam any act regarded as such as uh a transgression especially a willful or deliberate violation of some religious or moral principle any reprehensible or regrettable regrettable action behavior lapse etc Great fault or offense. So, to me, and in my mind, they are very similar. You know, when Adonai was telling, you know, the people who had the skin, uh, I don't know, infirmity or whatever you want to call it, and they were not allowed to enter the temple or the holy place or even be with the um, Israelites, that was an outward uh, showing of their uncleanliness. But we as uh, believers and even non-believers, we all have sinned, right? We are all sinners. So we're all unclean. Can you imagine not being able to touch anyone or be around anyone because you were deemed unclean? Can you imagine us actually being honest and recognizing that each and every one of us is unclean and not being able to touch anyone ever again or be around anyone ever again, having to be completely isolated because of our sin? I can't imagine that, but it was funny because I'm going through this tour portion, and man, it was taking me through all sorts, all sorts of different rabbit holes, and um, which is great because when that happens, you know, the Lord is speaking to you and saying, "Hey, check this out." Okay, what about this and what about that? And for me, I, I was like, "Okay, well, like, you know, that's what the Old Testament talks about was being unclean." Like, what does the New Testament say? And um, the first thing. That I kind of went to was actually, I think, 1 Corinthians 12, verses 26 to 27. This is where they're talking about the spiritual gifts of the body. Talking about how each person in the body of uh, Messiah is important, they're integral. So like, you know, you need somebody who's an eye. You need somebody who's a leg. You need somebody who's a foot. You need somebody who's a toe. You need somebody who's a finger, who's an ear. Um, All parts of the body are important. But it also talks about, um, in 26 and 27, it says, if one part suffers, all the parts suffer together. If one part is honored, all the parts rejoice together. And you're like, Erica, what in the world does that have to do with sin? What does it have to do with being unclean? Here's the deal. I actually, uh, yesterday got a message from somebody on, uh, Facebook messenger. Ironically, I didn't know my messy, messianic mama had a messenger, <laughs> but anyways, um, she was a very nice lady and, She thanked me for being so transparent on the podcast. And if you know me in person, that's really how I try to be all the time. Um, It's not something um, I have to work really hard at. I always believe in being as transparent as possible. But in, in being as transparent as possible, that also means that typically... When you are more transparent, that means that you are also more vulnerable because you're letting others know what's actually going on in your life. And when you do that, sometimes your sins pop up and you don't even realize it and recognize it. And I think my thought process was when going into this particular podcast was we as a body of believers have a tendency to not share what's going on in each of our lives. To not let each other know if we're having a struggle in a certain area. You know, say that you are a recovering alcoholic and you're really, for whatever reason, you're really struggling with not drinking. You know, you might have been clean for you know, a couple of years, a month, or like 10 to 20 years, then all of a sudden something happens and it triggers you and you're struggling with that. And instead of going to your community and saying, Hey, I'm really struggling with this because you're afraid of the judgment that you'll get. Instead of being transparent, you hide your sin, which makes you more likely to be drinking, to go back to drinking, to not being transparent and um something my husband says and and it's so true and and you know he would know um you know he's a recovering porn addict um you know once it's kind of like once you have an addiction you say once an addict always an addict and he says that too like you know no like i'm always going to struggle with pornography well he says you're only as sick as your secrets and that is so true if you are not letting somebody know what's going on in your life you are definitely more likely to repeat whatever behavior that is, that is considered a sin, is something that is is wrong and you know is wrong, is not aligning with what the word of Adonai says. Um and I know you say, like, well, what am I supposed to do? Like just tell everybody like my entire like business? No. Use wisdom and discernment when being transparent. For me, I, you know, and I've always said this, I'm an open book. Here's the deal. I'm a total open book. I'm willing to tell you whatever you want to know. But let's be honest. There are only there are some things that I share with only a few people, namely my husband and pretty much my mother, because I have a great relationship with both of them because they make me feel safe. They're willing to listen to me and help me and not necessarily in a judgmental manner in a way that they can be there for me and support me in whatever struggle I'm facing. And hopefully I'm the same for them as well. You need to find your people, you know, find your tribe, find your people, find somebody who you can confide in and talk to. Now, obviously the first person you should go to is Yeshua. That is the first and foremost person you should go to. Yeshua, say, you know, and ask the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit to help walk you through whatever situation that you're going through. But then find your people because Adonai made us, for community. He made us so that we are able to not only be in communion with him, but also with those that he put in our path that he has around us. You know, find a congregation that you can be honest, open, and real with, that you don't have to put a mask on every time you go in and see that person or see a group of people, because those aren't your people. If you can't be real and open and honest with them, then you need to find other people. And I would encourage you, in order for us to become more like Yeshua, we need to be willing to step out in faith and be vulnerable with those who hopefully can be trusted with that vulnerability. Now, I'm not saying there aren't going to be times where you're going to be rejected or you know, that might, somebody might turn their back on you. I've had that, I've had that happen and it hurts, but it does not mean that you should stop trying to be in communion with people to not stop trying to be honest people. You do not close yourself off. It's so easy. And I'm saying this for my own personal experience, especially, you know, this past week, I had a situation um, with one of my children. It's so easy to just simply say, I'm done. I'm closed off. I'm done. I'm not dealing with this person anymore. They've hurt me too many times. I just can't handle it anymore. I'm done. You can't do that. That's not what God's called us to be. Now, obviously, if it's a toxic relationship and you need to cut ties, it's a completely different situation. I'm simply talking about when someone has hurt you, you need to first and foremost forgive them. It doesn't mean you have to have a personal relationship with them. Um, but it does mean that you need to walk in right relationship with Adonai. And in order to walk with right relationship with Adonai, what do we need to do? Walk like Yeshua walked on the earth. And as I was reading this Torah portion, I was thinking, man, I'm so thankful, Lord. And I've talked about this before in a podcast. I'm so thankful that we no longer have to make sacrifices in the temple. I'm so thankful that Adonai paid the price for us. I do not want to be somebody. I don't want to be like the Pharisees in Matthew 15 seven through nine, he says, hypocrites rightly did Isaiah prophesy about you saying this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain, they worship me teaching as doctrines, the commandments of men. I don't want to be somebody who leads people astray or leads people away from Adonai because of my own agenda. I don't want to do that at all but I also don't want to hide myself away. So many times, especially like, you know, growing up in the church or, you know, some of the churches I grew up, I I went to as an adult, you know, you see these leaders and you think, man, like they just have their life together. They just seem to be having it, you know, they don't have any problems, whatever. And to me, I think that that's wrong. You should not, especially if you are in a, in a, leadership position. Yes, there's a time and place for that, but it's also being able to be open and honest with your congregation and say, Hey, I'm really struggling with this guys. Can you please pray for me? Because if you don't have that kind of relationship, you can get in a whole lot more trouble. Now, obviously, once again, it's wisdom. It's not like, you know, you have to be, Oh, I'm really struggling with this, this and that. You can even just say, Hey guys, like I'm really just struggling right now. It's a, you know, I'm not going to get into it. You know, it's kind of a personal situation, but could you please pray for me? That way they can see that you're struggling too. Same thing with like your children. If they see that you're struggling with something and you're not asking for help, you're sending a pretty bad message. You're saying, I, you know, oh, well, I shouldn't ask for help when I need help. No, you don't want to teach that to your children. You want to get the help that you need. Hebrews 10 says it so succinctly. Literally the entire Hebrews 10, I am going to read it to you. It says, the Torah has a shadow of the good things to come, not the form itself of the realities. For this reason, it can never, by means of the same sacrifices they offer constantly year after year, make perfect those who draw near. Otherwise, would they not have ceased to be offered? Since the worshipers, cleansed once and for all, would no longer have consciousness of sins. But in these sacrifices is a reminder of sins year after year. For it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. So when Messiah comes into the world, he says, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. In whole burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not delight. Then I said, Behold, I come to do your will, O God. In the scroll of the book it is written of me. After saying above, Sacrifices and offerings and whole burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not desire, nor did you delight in them. Those which are offered according to Torah. Then he said, Behold, I come to do your will. He takes away the first to establish the second. By his will, we have been made holy through the offering of the body of Messiah Yeshua once for all. Indeed, every Kohen stands day by day, serving and offering the same sacrifice again and again, which can never take away sins. But on the other hand, when this one offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins He sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from then on until his enemies are made a footstool for his feet. For by one offering he is perfected forever, those being made holy. The Ruach HaKodesh also testifies to us, for after saying, This is the covenant that I will cut with them. After those days, says Adonai, I will put my Torah upon their hearts and upon their minds I will write it. Then he says, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. Now, where there is a removal of these, there's no longer an offering for sin. How grateful are you that Yeshua became our living sacrifice? How grateful are you that we were made holy through the body of Yeshua? Now, I'm just like you. It's a daily struggle. My flesh wants what my flesh wants. And you know what? Yeshua and my flesh almost never, ever line up. And I think that it's good for us each to remember that, yes, we are human beings. We are not perfect and that we need help. We cannot live this life alone. That's why we have Yeshua. We have Adonai. We have the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit guiding our steps. And hopefully showing us areas in our own lives that we need to change to become more like Yeshua, to become holy. Set apart people that he has called us to be. I am so grateful for the people I have in my life that Adonai has placed there to help me walk through this life. I cannot imagine my life without Adonai. I've done it before without Yeshua being prevalent in my life. Let me tell you how much more difficult life is. Cause you still have those struggles. You still have the hardships. You still have the temptations. And yet you have to be able to try and navigate the world on your own because you don't have Yeshua. And I don't want to be walking this world unclean without the love of my Savior or the people who love me and love Yeshua as well. So I encourage you, please, please, please find your people. Spend time talking with Yeshua. Not just praying for him to do things for you, but thanking him and praising him for who he is. Be transparent with yourself, with Adonai, with Yeshua, with the Ruach HaKodesh. And with your people. Now as I do every single week. I'm going to leave you. With the ironic benediction. Which you can find. In that Numbers chapter 6. Verses 24 to 26. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. And be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you. And give you his peace. In the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. Amen. I pray you all have a fantastic week. And that you'll tune in again next week. Please feel free to message me at MessyMessianicMama.com Or you can email me at ELMMM3 at ProtonMail.com That's E is an Echo, L is in Lemur. Amazon Mike, Amazon Mike, Amazon Mike, the number three at protonmail.com. You can also leave me a one minute voicemail message on anchor.fm slash Erica Lacasse, and it should have a button right there to say leave a voice message. Remember to keep it short and sweet if you have any questions or you just want to leave a nice little comment. I would love to hear from you.